So one small story which gave me a tremendous amount of chizek and emunah, and um, I know that this is not the reason I'm saying the story, but somebody asked me yesterday, how do we do this? You know, it's all very nice, you're talking about emunah, and you're talking about how strengthening emunah, and how it could change your life, and everything. Lamaisa, what do I do? So I said in Mitzvah we're going to go through it, and we're going to try to give eight we're going to try to go as deep as we possibly can, but, you know, in the time that we have. But there's no question that a person obviously has to realize that it's not an easy thing. Emunah is not something that you just, you know, hear a couple of shurim and you have emunah first of your life. You said this in the beginning. It's something you have to constantly work on. Something that has constantly talked about, worked on. I believe the more we talk about it, the more we consciously think about it, and the more we can actually work on it, and it will become part of our life. But there is absolutely no question that so many of the things that I personally deal with in my day of dealing with, you know, guys in yeshiva, guys outside yeshiva, people who are married, issues with all sorts of things, often I can just basically say, all you need is a moon in your life and you'll be fine. Right? But I can't say that because often the situation is too late or they didn't come to Yeshiva Space David, so what can I do? I can't help them. But at the end of the day, we do realize that um, talking about it definitely helps. It's the Yisoyed, when we spoke about Kedusha Shabbos, the same idea. The more we speak about something, it can automatically help our, just consciously, oh, I never thought about that that way. Even though it's something like the Messiah Shisham says in the beginning, I'm not even telling you a Chiddush. Messiah Shisham writes this, right? I'm not telling you a Chiddush. I'm telling you something you know, but sometimes you need to hear it again and again so that you internalize it. And that's pretty much what we're doing, but we will try to get to some personal answers as well. But I want to tell you this incredible story. That's all I want to tell you today is an incredible story. And the story goes like this. Uh, one night, a eight-year-old girl overheard her mother and father talking about her little brother. And all she could understand, she was eight years old, so there's not much she can understand, but the amount that she was able to understand was as follows, that her little brother is very, very sick, and only very expensive surgery could actually <coughs> save him. That's the only thing that could save him was very, very expensive surgery, and the, and the parents were not able to afford it. And she heard, again, she's eight years old, she heard her father whisper to her tearful mother with desperation, only a miracle can save him now. And she turned over and she went to her room and she was very, very sad. And this little girl didn't know what to do. Started crying, my brother's sick, my parents can't afford the surgery. Oi, what's going to be? Only a miracle can save him. So what she did was, is she pulled out a jar from a hiding place that she had in her room that was full of change. Small little coins, you know, little tiny little coins. That are nothing. And she poured it all out and she counted it carefully. And then she put all the coins in her pocket. She slipped out of the back door and she made her way to the local drugstore, to the pharmacy. And she waited patiently online to her turn. And the pharmacist, this eight-year-old girl, very unusual, like I never saw eight-year-old girls walking all over the place, but, you know, in America, it's not a normal thing that eight-year-old girls walking in the pharmacy by herself. And she was there by herself, and the pharmacist behind the counter noticed her, and um, he was basically talking to a man who was a very well, looking like a very hosh of a respectable person, was also standing over there, and they were talking together. And she realized that she wanted to get his attention. Like, he looked at her, but he was talking to this well-respected person. So she, <coughs> you know, I'm here kind of thing. Can you serve me? I know you're talking to this guy. He looks very hosh. He's probably got a lot of money. But like, hello, could you serve me? And there was no response. So finally, she took the coins from her pocket and started banging them on the counter to get her attention. And she's a year old girl after all, right? So he stopped talking to the man. He said, just excuse me for a second. I'll just deal with this little girl. Little girl, what would you like? What do you need? So she says, listen, I need to talk to you about my brother. He's very, very sick, and I need to buy a miracle. That's what I'm here for. 
So he said, I beg your pardon, what are you talking about? He said, no, no, my, my, my brother, I overheard my parents saying that he has a terrible illness, he's got something growing in his head or something, I don't know all the names, and I heard my father saying that the only thing that can actually save him is a miracle. He needs an operation, my parents can't afford it, and I'd like to use my money to buy him a miracle. So how much does a miracle cost? So the guy smiled at this sweet little eight-year-old girl and said, we don't sell miracles over here, I can't really help you. Now, she didn't take no for an answer. This is her brother, her little brother who she loves dearly. She said, listen here, I have the money. If it's not enough money, I'll get you more money. Just tell me how much it costs. So the pharmacist's brother, who was this well, well-dressed, respectable man who was talking before, uh, looked, bent down and said to the girl, little girl, how much do you have? So they counted it out, and she was very proud that she had $1.11. She was very proud about it. She said, don't worry, if you need more, I can get more. I'll cut it. We'll figure it out. The man says, you know, that's amazing. That's exactly what you need for a miracle. That's exactly the amount that you need. Tell me, where do you live? So she told him the address. He said, I want to see your brother. I'd like to see him. I think I might have the miracle that he needs. This well-dressed man was one of the most world-famous neurologists. Uh, he was the one of the biggest professors in the world. He happened to be in the pharmacy talking to his brother who owned the pharmacy. And when he overheard this, his heart went out to this girl. And for free of charge, he actually performed the surgery for this little girl's brother. Now, it's a beautiful story, but we have to remember, what does this apply to us? This little girl is an eight-year-old girl. She had so much trust that she knew what to do. She just needed to buy it. She had enough money. But often children have a certain simple amun, amun pshuta. Right? They don't have all the complications of life. They haven't gone out to see so much. It's not a What we have to try and work on is this a We need to get to that level, almost of a child, where every child trusts their parents. I don't believe there's a child that will come home and, oh, my parents are not going to give me supper tonight. Right? Every parent loves the child. So therefore, just like a little child trusts their parents, and a little baby is born, trusts its parents to feed them, we have to have a munah Hashem in the same way. We have to have a simple amuna to realize that the Rabbanishan Mavinu Sheva Shemayim, Mavinu Malkeinu loves us, cares for us, has all the resources in the world, and wants to help us. Sometimes we have to reach out to him, sometimes we need to ask, but more than that, we need to believe. We need to have their amuna. Is it hard? Yes. Are there going to be obstacles in life? Absolutely. There are always going to be obstacles. There are always going to be times that are difficult. There are always going to be challenges. But as we always say here, challenges are not challenges, they're opportunities. The question is what you do with them. And Munu is something that we have to work on. And if we work on it and we live this, as we said, the Chayim Salavavos tells us that the Rabbani Shalom gives us a tremendous amount of Siyat Deshmaya also. Rabbi Yisai, let's try to think about it. During the day, just think about the Amunah B'Shut of a young girl, how she can have so much Amunah, she can have so much simple belief in things that were totally beyond her. So too, the same thing with us. We can have simple belief in the things that are also beyond us. Okay.